And time is now uh, 2.34 and we'll be chatting with Cruzy McCalligan about dinosaurs. Feel free to join us on the Facebook page. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. Whether you're here or here, maybe here. Perhaps not there. You can always listen to Radio 3. Just go to your favourite app store and download RTHK on the go. Radio 3. We are always here. Listening to the one, two, three show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon, and I'm super excited to welcome back on the program Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to see you today. How are you doing? I'm afraid I can't hear you for some reason. I just lost the audio there. Oh, no, I can't hear you. Uh oh, uh oh. Well, this is live radio for you. Um, Unless I've not... Nope. Oh, oh, oh. Now. Okay. <laughs> Come on. I'm Come on. Away. Give it to me. Any minute now. Oh, yes. Any minute now. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're back. Hi. <laughs> The studio. Ah, um, for some of our listeners who may know, heard me sort of bang on the fact that I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the Admiralty studio. It's it's interesting here. I think it pushes your professional yep, yep. skills to another being, level. You're you're being very adaptive, and the reality is that that is why we survive as a species. Unlike. The things that I'm talking about today. You see what I did there? I see what you. You're so smooth. It's like I'm on Jurassic Velvet <laughs> or something. <laughs> Jurassic Velvet. That is an indie band that hasn't been created yet and should be. Absolutely. Jurassic Velvet. Are you kidding me? That's beautiful words. Um, yeah, we're talking about we're talking about dinosaurs today, but with a bit of focus because obviously I can't hand like I can't cover like squillions of years worth of evolution and completely different creatures so i wanted to have a little bit of a focus around the fact that children with children being obsessed with dinosaurs because i think that's quite an interesting phenomenon that we all kind of do you know what i mean Uh, totally and if you think back to your kids into dinosaurs uh, totally and forget about them when i was a kid i was fascinated (laughs) with dinosaurs me too me too totally um and they the thing is that they really are fascinating and i'm finding it really interesting um we'll do it we'll do a quick like skim over why they're so fascinating before we start about why children find them so fascinating um did you know for example that dinosaurs were living on earth before saturn got its rings i had no That's idea how long ago they were living on earth um yeah, and, it's, and we do kind of have dinosaurs today. It's widely agreed upon by the scientific community that many dinosaurs 
dinosaurs almost certainly evolved into birds and that um evolving they apparently actually evolved into birds quite a few times throughout history but it wasn't always successful um and so that's quite fascinating also while most dinosaurs were cold-blooded kind of like modern day lizard cousins that we have there's actually some new evidence suggests that dinosaurs were in fact closer to warm-blooded mammals meaning their environment did not regulate their temperature like a cold-blooded animal but they were able, but they were not able to, to sustain the continuous growth of a warm-blooded animal so it's kind of interesting as well um and even though when we think of things like you think of a dinosaur you think of a t-rex right we all think of t-rex um but apparently predators like t-rex and the spinosaurus are the are actually the minority and plant eating dinosaurs heavily outnumbered the meat eaters which is great news for parents trying to get their children to eat broccoli i'll tell you now how many times i've used that let's eat our dinosaur food <laughs> tactic on a plant-based diet they were pioneers we're, 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 they were pioneers. We're humans just and starting still, out and actually and today, apparently, um, meat-eating animals are heavily outnumbered by plant-eating counterparts, even today, in terms of the animals we have on Earth as well. Um, but what's really interesting is we talk, you know, people who are fascinated by, by dinosaurs, we find to be very intelligent, even children, which we'll talk about a bit later. But we find, like, people who are paleontologists and scientists, and they're fascinating, intelligent people. But the animals themselves were not actually known for their intelligence. Some plant eaters, like the Stegosaurus, had a brain so small compared to the respective body size, they might as well have been walking plants. <laughs> they, weren't, <laughs> they weren't particularly bright. And predatory dinosaurs, on the other hand, had, um, you know, had very sharp eyesight, a powerful sense of smell, and an Olympian agility when it came to catching their prey. And all of these things require significantly more brain power than hunting plants, which might be healthy and everything, but is reasonably easy. You just go up to the bush and start to chew it, as opposed to having to sense where the animal Calculate is. Calculate you know, the distance. And chase, chase them and everything else. So that's kind of interesting. Mammals and dinosaurs existed at the same time, although probably towards the end of the dinosaurs' reign. And most of the mammals at the time were like tiny burrowing animals. So they're just like, they're not as exciting, I suppose. Um, but they, they ruled the lot, they ruled Earth for a really, really long time. So long, in fact, that the time between the Stegosaurus's existence and the T-Rex's existence, they didn't exist at the same time, is longer than the time separating us, modern humans, from the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Wow. So that's the a time long between time. those two different types of dinosaurs existing, millions and millions of years, is even longer than the time between us existing and the last dinosaurs. I have something to confess, Cruzan. I couldn't even tell you how many millions of years dinosaurs existed in the world. I, I often just say millions and millions of years. I want to say 65 no, million think, years, or, or am I totally I wrong? Is it 200 like so, million years? I don't know. I think they. Okay, so dinosaurs live, okay, based on, based on how long they lived for, because I think that's also kind of interesting when we think about the lifespan of animals, right? So dinosaurs, um, based on bone evidence, scientists estimate that some dinosaurs live to be anywhere from 75 to 300 years old, a 300 year old animal. Um, and so that's like, so they had quite a long, we think they all had quite a long lifespan themselves. Now, they lived in the Mesozoic era, which include the Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous periods. 
And the Mesozoic era began 225 million years ago and ended 66 million years ago. So I guess that's like 160, 170 million years Hmm. ago that they were around. That's millions. That's like, I mean, if you think about it was a million years ago, a million, just one million. We're talking about over 160 million million years. years We're talking about 225 million years ago. That's like, it's a really, really long time ago. Like it's a really, really long time ago. And I think I find it so fascinating because it's that thing. It's this idea of these creatures moving around on a world that looked very little like the world that we have today. It was very different. And yet we have like, they've been diluted down to like a fluffy pink brontosaurus on children's pajamas. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) that these things have been, you know, it's quite incredible that they have that kind of, that kind of, um, Long, power, but also and also longevity said, as well. I mean, people are still oh, fascinated. Yeah. Oh, and we're still discovering more about them. Like recently, in the last couple of years, we've now discovered that a lot of dinosaurs were feathered, even if they didn't fly, which is super interesting. Um, and even though I just said that, and it's not even true, there's actually no actual dinosaur called a brontosaurus. The brontosaurus is the misidentification byproduct. Um. And it's actually, it just, so it doesn't actually, it doesn't, it, it's just, it's not a real dinosaur. So I just used a bad example. And I'm sure my two and a half year old who knows lots would smack my hand and say, no, mummy, there's I'm no brontosaurus. Shocked. So all those years we learned about dolphin. brontosaurus, they don't exist. <laughs> no, it's not, not the actually. ones with the long neck. <gasps> yeah, no, those, those do exist. They're just not called a brontosaurus. There's lots of varieties of them, including the diplodocus and the brachiosaurus and others, but not a brontosaurus. Brontosaurus is not actually a name for any, any dinosaur that we know of my favorite dinosaur when i was growing up i remember was the triceratops i i don't know why because i it was probably the only one i could pronounce without the really long name (laughs) and it didn't end with a saurus or something like that so it was it was yeah manageable and i thought triceratops well it's no but i think you're right it's it is it's got a good it's got a good name the triceratops um and i think it's really funny because i think the thing is which is what i want to talk a little bit a little bit about today is how kids can get so fascinated with dinosaurs and not every child is obviously but it seems to go like the things that are really interesting are like things that go like planes trains cars and then they segue and like animals farm animals and then suddenly they take this like sharp left <laughs> towards dinosaurs and then they're off you know and like i have so many plastic dinosaurs around my house with individual names that it's actually becoming a full-time occupation for me <laughs> to remember them all a paleontologist um, in the making potentially but it's it's just very very interesting and um i'm going to tell you a little bit about this so for example as a un- near universal rule kids love dinosaurs and if you weren't obsessed with dinosaurs as a kid if you yourself weren't you probably knew someone who was and kids who are can rattle off the scientific names of dozens of dinosaurs. My two and a half year old, I'll hold up and I'm like, what's this one? This bald looking one. She goes, that's a Pachycephalosaurus. And I'm like, right, I didn't teach you that word. So I don't know where you've heard it. She'll watch videos on YouTube of just scientific classifications of dinosaurs. It's bizarre to me. But but there's so it's so funny. It's but it's so fascinating. Um, and it's not really generation specific either so they say that like in there's a land of the lost may have inspired dinosaur fever in kind of generation x kids and 90s kids can trace it back to like jurassic park and the land before time so there was movies that came out that kind of 
fueled that obsession. But it's no less prevalent. Apparently, the only um, and the only difference is the numbers. In 2016 alone, there were no there were more than 30 new dinosaurs discovered bringing the list of potential favorites that we know of to more than 700 so there's like more than 700 dinosaurs that we we already know of so there's like kids have got this endless resource of new long complicated names to work out um and it's just really fascinating so there's a paleontologist called kenneth lacavara who when he was a little boy he had an intense interest in dinosaurs but it never faded um and in 2005 he actually discovered a giant plant eating dinosaur the fossil remains of one obviously in southern patagonia and um he named the beast which stood more than two stories tall and weighed more than a boeing 737 dreadnosaurus um and he's um so he's he's a paleontologist and he said parents are constantly coming up to him and saying my kids are crazy for dinosaurs they know all of the names i don't know how remember they they remember this stuff and what he says which is really interesting he says i think for many of these children that this is their first taste of mastery of being an expert in something and having command of something that their parent or their, you know, their coach or their, their sibling or whatever, or a doctor doesn't know. And it makes them feel powerful. So their parent might be able to name three or four dinosaurs and the kid can name 20 and then they feel like a real authority. And it's true. It's true. You know what I mean? I remember that feeling when I was a kid of knowing something that my parents didn't know. And it was just, it was re it was an ego boost, you know what I mean? Because our parents are supposed to know everything and they really don't. So it's really fascinating. And intense interests are actually a big confidence booster for kids. Um, and this has been uh, backed up by quite a few pa uh, pediatric psychiatrists and occupational therapists as well. And apparently they're beneficial for, it's particularly beneficial for cognitive development. Um, in 2008, a study found that sustained intense interests, particularly in a conceptual domain like dinosaurs, can help children develop increased knowledge and per, um, persistence, a better attention span, deeper information processing skills. In short, they become better learners and kind of smarter kids because they have that kind of focus in, in learning more about things. And so it's all it's about the confidence boost as well. You know, if they're more confident about their learning, it'll give them a sort of a momentum to do well in other subjects, I think, or other totally, areas. Wow. Totally. I'll be, uh, that um, and the solar yeah, and system, the, but that's a different topic. Course, yes, yes. But that's the thing is, it's, it's that thing of like, it's quite a, a complicated thing to know. So you say, you say the word pterodactyl and everyone goes, wow. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's a really fascinating kind of like ego boost in that way as well. Um, and, and the thing is that we're, we're constantly learning from we're constantly learning from dinosaurs as well. Um, the, the paleontologist I mentioned, Lacavara, he um, in, two, in a 2016 TED talk and in a book he wrote the year after, which was called Why Dinosaurs Matter, he drives home the point that they're really, really important and not just the people who are digging up their fossils, like paleontologists. He's like, you want to design a system to move heavy loads over rough terrain. Dinosaurs did that, right? They moved their own heavy load over rough terrain. Want to understand mostly passive and efficient cooling systems, sauropods were experts at doing that. Or if you're interested in upcycling or in repurposing technology, look to the dinosaurs because feathers are a marvel, um, marvel, um, are a marvelous example of exaptation or the process of acquiring functions for which they were not originally adapted. So that's like, like I said, a lot. They're now, we're now discovering dinosaurs may have all been feathered, or a lot of them could have been feathered, even though they didn't fly. So why were they feathered? So it's really, really, really fascinating. Um, 
all the different things that we can still learn from dinosaurs as well. The primitive so versions pretty... of mammals, maybe. Those feathers then turn into fur eventually. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, exactly. So it's so fascinating. Um, and so it's, it's, as they said, it makes them feel quite powerful. But um, interestingly, they have said that intense interests of kids tend to burn out within six months to three years, um, which is kind of interesting. So it's like some kids will keep that specialization and that um, that real focus and appreciation for something, um, you know, much, much later. But apparently it does burn out a wee bit. Um, but of course, the interesting thing as they get older is you learn more ideas about a dinosaur. So now it might be interesting because they're an interesting shape. So if, if they're young toddlers can play with different shapes of dinosaurs, they're, they're pretty fascinating. You know what I mean? They're weird looking creatures. Um, they have lots of teeth. We can, you can write a million songs about them stomping around and chomping on food and all those kinds of things. But of course, as you get a bit older, you realize that these are these creatures and the way they were discovered is they were they were found under the ground. And that's such an exciting idea for a kid as well. You know what I mean? It's, it's the ultimate treasure hunt that you could find something when you dig in the ground. Um, so it just it just it just kind of keeps giving, really, I think. Um, we are on Facebook so Live as well. Uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear the lovely Cruzan. Uh, Peter writes in to say, <laughs> I like that actually, Peter. He says, what do you call a dinosaur with only one eye? Um, and the answer... Oh. Oh, I don't think he saw us. Uh, similar. Do you think he saw us? Oh, right. oh. <laughs> very good. Both are very good. I, I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll use that somehow. Thank you very much indeed for your comment, Peter. Uh, keep keep joining in if you have any observations uh, uh, on dinosaurs and perhaps talk about your own fascination uh, with dinosaurs as it seems like Cruzanne and I both have a deep-seated one we when do. we were children. We do. Totally. Um, and you know, I have to say, it's one of those things that, you know, whenever, like today, we always talk about innovation, 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 and like creating new things. And of course, there was a huge age in human existence where it was all about discovery, and it's actually discovering old things. And I often think about the the first ever dinosaur fossils when they were discovered and they were that of the megalosaurus, which was as big as it sounds. And it, it was they were discovered in the 1820s. And this led to a dinosaur kind of gold rush referred to as the bone wars, um, where everyone wanted to be the next one to discover a dinosaur, um, which is kind of fascinating. Can you imagine being the person that found those bones and not really understanding like in the 1820s, not really having a concept of 225 million years ago and just thinking like, what the hell was this? You know what I mean? Who buried somebody the most, there? Yeah. Who buried this? It, it's just amazing. And and of course, I don't think those are the first people that would have discovered a proper dinosaur fossil. You know, human beings around thousands of years. I'm sure there were other primitive humans who, you know, were in a cave and there was oh, there was a flood and something washed away and they found a huge thing. And how many origin stories or things like that would have been due to us over time finding these huge, colossal bones and fragments and stuff. So it's super fascinating in that way, too. Um, and of course, um, yeah, so even though and of course, I love the idea that they. I think the other thing that's interesting for kids is that they they can go anywhere. So they were on land and they were in water and they were in the sky. You know, they, they kind of were really fluid in where they, where they existed as a, as a family of animals. So it's, oh, I find it so fan, uh, fan, um, 
fascinating. I totally agree with you, Cruz. And I wonder if you, you, you have this observation. I mean, my observation about dinosaurs and how it's represented for children is that they, are, they seem to be, I don't know if fluffy is the right word, but like you said, you find them on, on children's pajamas, the representation of them in, in children's books are generally quite a kind and gentle and, and soft um, image, whereas the reality of them, I suppose some of them are sort of plant eating, most of them are plant eating, but really they are deadly, deadly animals. They, they will kill each other. They, they're actually not that gentle well, were, uh, at all. But they were pretty... No, and, and a lot of them seem pretty terrifying. And even when you get, like, I've had the f- couple of the um, plastic models of them, you know, like of a T-Rex, and you're like, ooh, that's actually a bit spooky. Like, the I don't kids think aren't I scared of it. To play with. They're not scared of it. And, you know, and, and then I think it's, and then it's that funny thing if you're reading books about, like, if a dinosaur was alive today, a dentist would have plenty of work. And I'm like, it's a terrifying concept. Do you have any idea what it would be like to be bitten in half by a dinosaur? <laughs> like, it's, um, it's, but it's amazing. We've kind of, like, we have, we've sugarcoated it for our children to this point that these terrifying things, but, um, but I think it's because that's so fascinating is that like we did not exist at the same time as the dinosaurs. Like we were never designed to exist at the same time as the dinosaurs. So we have to completely take ourselves out of the equation whenever we imagine the world that they were in. Um, but they are just really, really fascinating. And, and what's interesting is things are reasonably, it's like recent history that we've known things. So um, in, uh, in 1923, an American explorer called Roy Chapman Andrews found the first dinosaur nest. 1923 and it was in the Gobi Desert in Mongolia and before that scientists were actually unsure how dinosaurs reproduced they didn't realize they all laid eggs and of course now we know dinosaurs laid laid eggs but before that we didn't know that's true and it was only in 1923 you know 100 I guess 100 okay 100 years ago now but still you know like considering people had been looking for them and there had been bone wars in the 1800s and stuff like that. It's fascinating that we didn't know. So we're still learning all of these different things about them. Um, and I remember I was in, um, I was in Bagan in Myanmar and we went to a little museum and they just had dinosaur bones and eggs and everything that they'd found just lying out in this museum, not like under glass or anything, just there. Totally, it's amazing. In London, the natural the, the the natural history museum. When you see the, I get so excited every time I see those dinosaur bones, if you like, and it's remarkable because oh, we're tiny compared to well, only a part of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I do. I'll I'll I'll, I'll skip ahead to a quote. I've got some others to finish on, but I'll skip ahead to one, which is by Ray Harryhausen, who said the most popular exhibits in any natural history museum are without doubt the dinosaurs. These creatures popularity grows every year, partly because of the recent resurgence of dinosaur movies, but also because a skeleton of a full size Tyrannosaurus Rex still has the ability even 65 million years after its death to chill us to the bone. And it's true, it's just the awe that you have of being in the presence of a T-Rex skeleton is just amazing. But at the same time, as I said, it's fascinating because they didn't survive. And um, what's really interesting is that, like I mentioned, like um, that they didn't have particularly big brains. In fact, a newborn human baby had larger brain than most adult dinosaurs would have had. They had pretty small brains, considering they're so remarkable. Um, but of course, it wouldn't. Um, yeah. So, 
it would just be one of those things where like if a giant dinosaur was to attack a city you could probably just distract it with some flashing lights <laughs> like it wasn't you know what i mean um and yeah and they say that you know the closest the closest living relative we have to a tyrannosaurus rex is a chicken so yes. it's, it's come down a bit <laughs> it's come down a wee bit um but yeah fascinatingly there's a lot of you know there's a lot of small dinosaurs too and i think that's also the interesting thing about talking about dinosaurs with kids is the diversity there's a real okay i'm getting a bit existential on this there's a diversity story there too you know they weren't all huge there were small dinosaurs there were small dinosaurs and they were still dinosaurs and i know um i talked to my one of my daughters about this a lot she has dwarfism i'm always looking for ways of talking to someone talking to a child about like it's okay to be small you're still going to be this cool thing and i think with dinosaurs i can now say like some dinosaurs are really big but don't worry there were some small ones and they were still cool too they were still dinosaurs Very so cool. yeah. that's been quite it's been quite a good um learning tool in that way too i think yeah um i have some quotes to finish on the stage if is we're yours. ready for some quotes yes grr um, is one, one <laughs> roar like a dinosaur yeah roar like a dinosaur if we even know they can roar maybe they chirped we actually really don't know we, we don't know, know. What they, they could have chirped they, they, they could have had a lovely harmonious they could have just sort of made some nice sort of oh, noises we don't know anyway um this is from neil degrasse tyson who said dinosaurs are extinct today because they lacked opposable thumbs and the brain power to build a space program and that's probably yeah it's true it is true you know they existed for a long time but they kind of didn't get much further even though we know you know that they're an asteroid and all these other things whatever it was that could have killed them but <clears throat> that's what it is okay and then the last quote is from steve miller who said dinosaurs may be extinct from the face of the planet but they are alive and well in our imaginations oh beautiful that's so true which is true i Cruz, think thank you so much for your sharing today and i look forward to having more sharing uh, from you uh, next year wishing you a very happy uh, 2021 yes. thank you so much again cruz and mccalligan thank you. happy happy new year happy happy new year and that's cruzy mccalligan joining us and also